0: Well, Timothy, we've done two podcasts so far, and, and we're back for number three. Uh, Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it goes uh, fast. You, you just kind of have to wonder if uh, by podcast three, if it's three strikes and you're out. <laughs> so that maybe people gave us a try. You know, moms, maybe mom is. <laughs> she might still be listening. She's <laughs> hanging tough right now. but uh, <laughs> Yeah. But I'm excited to get back into this. We were what, what we did last time is uh, we, we looked at all of chapter one, good part of chapter two, and we took this metaphorical hot air balloon ride over top of the textual landscape. And we looked down and we saw this incredible structure from Amos and, and, and he sets up these really memorable uh, ways of preaching law to us and he says for three Uh, sins and even for four and and we said how god is um this is the completion uh god's just saying my heart is broken i can't take it anymore and uh we watched how god spiraled in you know he gets closer and closer both geographically and ethnically um and we talked about i don't know if it like if you were doing Metro New York, like I don't know what that spiral would yeah, be. Yeah, like, like. What, what I think Long Island and and uh, uh, Westchester and maybe then we'd move to Harlem and um, Queens and then boom <laughs> Empire State Building. It's going, oh. it's going down, but yeah, it's something like something like that, right? And then all of a sudden, and we and we said this was this was even uh, just a brilliant way to preach because the, the people would expect that God was just going af- after all the other bad people. Like, oh, those those nasty sinners. Now God is going to pat us on the back. Here's a national. Will, he's going to tell us we're good and that we're protected. And then all of a sudden. Boom. Yeah, so like he, <laughs> they were thinking he was going to say amen, you know, and. And like Amen. Do you think sometimes people are listening to our sermons, Jonathan? They're like, Oh, why does he just say Amen already? But, all the time. I think that all the time. is like, isn't he done yet? <laughs> yeah. But then I think they were kind of thinking, like, he's about to say Amen. There's seven oracles. And then and then he starts into his eighth oracle, which is what we're gonna cover today in Amos um chapter two, starting there at at verse six, and we'll we'll get up all the way into verse sixteen hopefully today, although I thought we'd get a little farther with the last podcast. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I always over-promise and under, under-deliver when it comes to yeah. teaching Scripture to, <laughs> to my my people are totally used to that. Right <laughs> Every human being, yeah, we always over-promise and under Only the Lord um, <laughs> keeps His promises fully um, with this. So I thought since we saw the the oracles of, whoa, last time, and we kind of looked at some of the phraseology, like um, four or three sins of Israel, and even four, I will not relent. We could actually just start to point out some of the differences in this eighth oracle, which are significant, really, really significant. So like, here's one of them. One of them is uh, for the other nations, um, Amos only points out one past sin. So like one we really highlighted in the last episode is the women who were r- ripped open, the pregnant women of of Gilead. Um, and Amos says it's really bad and the Lord's angry about that. It's, it's, a one, it's a one-time deal. It happened and it happened in the past. But here what... Amos points out is, uh, it's, it's part of <laughs> So that's, a, that's a little, so it's ongoing. Like it's English an ongoing call thing. It, like, yeah, we're really grammar dorks here. You realize that, right? <laughs> We went to school for like a way nobody too many years nobody yet. knows what a nobody remembers what a gerund is but it's it's this ongoing uh, this is happening still today it's not just something that you guys did like you're still doing this stuff yeah and 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 it's not just one thing it's not just one thing it's it's an ongoing bunch of things so,
1: so not
0: doing. only not only does um everybody go amos why aren't you done preaching yet? You know, like what? It, it, say amen. My, right. Now my people my people are like, after six speeches, they're like, please say amen, pastor. And then I keep going for another 10 minutes. But Amos, <laughs> he gets to seven and um, he, everybody's like, please say amen, you're done. Uh but he's not even close to done. You know? No, not even close. <laughs> he's gonna start naming and claiming all these these <laughs> ongoing sins. So he says, I, "We got to just read these, Jonathan, and just kind of think about them together." So it says, "They sell the innocent for silver, and the needy for a pair of sandals." Ouch! Tr- Oof! Yeah. So that's that's really bad. You, like, I mean, like you're gonna you want Crocs instead of the guy <laughs> the cross oh <laughs> like <you're>, holy <laughs> macro yeah uh they trample on the heads of the poor which is wow that's that is really instead I mean, of trampling on satan you know they're trampling on the <laughs> heads well, of Well even poor. that like just you're you're walking on people and not just like walking it's not just what, like you stepped on their toe i mean right so we're, th- this we have is slavery. Head. Yeah. So we, we've got slavery going on here. We've got um, economic injustice. I'm putting these yeah. in modern language. Well, he, Amos, as just his language here, at, he so you do this, you trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground. Like you, we have that saying in English, right? Amos is you actually saying, you treat people like dirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a great point. Like, you walk on them and you're like, oh, I'll just wash them off. Like, get the hose out. out and, I really don't care at all. Oh, that kind of stinks. My feet got dirty, you know. Um, so let's wash them off. And and we, he keeps going. So this is an ongoing thing. It says that you deny justice to the oppressed. So the criminal justice system is totally whacked. Like, they're buying off judges and... I don't know if they had juries in those days, but it was the rich were getting off scot-free. Um and the and the poor were going to jail, right? So the the criminal justice system is is whacked. And then and then he oh, this is this is gonna get rated X, but father and son used the same girl and so profane my holy name. So it's like using people in an ultimate way yes so there's this question there's this question like what do you mean by use and our our minds kind of go like sexually they're using the girl sexually and that and that's probably the right um jump to make that this is this poor um girl who's got I mean, people don't become prostitutes for no reason. They, I, I, I don't think a, a woman grows up thinking I'd like to be a prostitute someday. They do it because out of necessity. And so there, th- this is so. What we have here is we got sexual sins. We got economic injustice going on here. And, and I'm it, already sad. Like I'm really sad right now. The weight of this. Yeah. And we haven't even. We're not even done yet. And and that's not even considering the fact that this is idolatry, like this is all happening probably in a Marseilla feast to another god. And so he keeps going, We're not even yeah, right, we're not even done yet. They lie down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge. So so that one's you're supposed to give the garment back before the sun goes down, because the poor don't have anything else to cover up with. That's their blanket. That's how they stay warm. And so these guys, father and son, are, they're going out drinking. They're having sex on this guy's um, garment, right? And, you know. So somebody's shivering somewhere while you're getting it on. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's exactly the idea. And, it, so, and then it goes on, in the house of their gods, so this is an idolatrous feast, um, they drink wine taken as fines. So they, they fine the poor, like in New York City, it's like, let's give them a parking ticket. <laughs> These poor people, they can't pay their anything. And then they go out and drink with it, you know. Um, so I'm not saying that's what the blog. So does. you're you it. But <laughs> so these people, these people are just. Uh, you know, it's one thing to take to steal, but it's another to steal so that you can go out and please yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, I don't even want to think about this anymore. Yeah. This is, it's it's bad. Maybe before we keep going, though, I just... there There's one thing I wanted to jump back to, and some actually people see Christ in here. I know it sounds really weird after we just said... But, like, in verse 6, some people see Christ, especially some of the really old church fathers. It says they sell the innocent for silver. Can you think about when... In Christ's yeah, life, like, yeah. he was sold for silver, and, and like G. Tertullian I, a prophecy like that too. Yeah, right? so like Tertullian, I think, is the guy who says, "Oh, Amos is making a prophecy about Christ." Do you do you buy that that this is that Christ joins the abused and the neglected? So, and so Tertullian would say, "Here's Judas, you know this. So here's a prophecy of Judas um, selling Jesus." for money. I mean, the language is really, really close and who can, now I'll be honest, like when I I read this myself and looked at these words myself and it didn't pop into my head. Mm -hmm. So it does to me, it doesn't seem like a natural jump, but you know, uh, so when I, I, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but when I see Christ in, in the old Testament, um, a lot of times it, it's because the apostles pointed it out. Um, we're going through Matthew right now in the church, and um, you know, like he'll he'll talk about how Hosea was really about Christ, where where Hosea says, "I called my son out of Egypt," and I, yeah, and you I read not, that, and you're like, "What?" I never would have seen that. <laughs> They're like, "That's Christ coming out of Egypt," and and so but Matthew sees it Uh, but nobody in the New Testament that I'm aware of sees Christ here yeah and it's almost like here's another Latin phrase this deus ex machina so God out of nowhere kind of thing where you just um, God just swoops in and looks oh look there's Jesus you know he's he's getting sold for silver and um, now at the same time I do believe that because Jesus told us to believe that uh it's all about the old testament's all about him i wouldn't i wouldn't see him here in in quite the same way that tertullian does (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's the that's actually the great interpretive question how are we supposed to read the old testament and where do we see christ that's that's the big for christians as we read the old testament that's the that's the big the big question. We we need to spend a lot more time on this as as we as we develop the book too. But I, I'm sure before the end of this podcast, we're going to have to come back to this question of how do we understand Christ here in this sermon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I don't like here. I wouldn't say like, oh, Amos has got Christ on the brain. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that here. But I thought we we could just uh, mention it. So like we started this podcast, we're saying we're pointing out differences in between um, the other oracles of woe and this one. This one's actually much longer. Did you notice that? So the sermon's getting longer and people are getting impatient now. But he's saying, I'm going to keep talking. I already named and claimed your sins there, and they were bad. You know, we're not going to dwell on them anymore. But w- what I think is interesting and something that you got to think about is all of a sudden, the Lord gets really personal. Like, uh, he's going to say, I brought you up out of Egypt. You know, why are you doing this? Yeah, here he is. I gave you the land. I gave you Nazarites. I gave. I raised up prophets. And, then, and he says, is this not true, people of Israel? So it's like, I was reading this last night. I was sitting under the seven train. And it's just <laughs> pounding by, and I was waiting to meet up with somebody. And I was like, "Whoa, God is like crying." It's, it like to put this in grammatical terms, he moves from the third person, where he's saying, uh, "With Am and Edom," and but when he gets to Israel, like he, he they gets, did this, they did that, yeah, they, they did it. Did it. Now, now it's you, 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 you. So it's the second person. Like God is crying because he's in this personal relationship with you with them and he's saying you people i loved you so much i took you out of slavery and then now you're putting people back into slavery like what is isn't this true israel like this is a very personal loving god and he like he risks himself by putting himself into these relationships and then we hurt him yeah, look, uh, this language here is incredible. He, he goes back over uh, so many of his great works, like, I love you guys. I have loved, I destroyed the Amorites, uh, though they were as tall as cedars and as strong as oaks. Like, you guys never would have done this by yourselves. Oh, he loves you know? them so much. Yeah. You, you, never, you, you guys never would have, but I, I defended you when people wanted to take you out. Um, he's any, he, he says, look, I did it completely. I destroyed their fruit above and their roots below. Like, and I, I just took out, like, I didn't leave any of your enemies. <laughs> yeah. No, there's like no power left, no fruit above, no roots below. Like I, I, I went, I went ahead into the ground and like yanked the trunk out of the ground. You know, <laughs> this is, this is how much I love you. And this is how you pay me back. Yeah. Uh, The spurned this spurned grace this spurned love you know i i don't know if you feel this but sometimes i feel this like as a pastor like one of my highest values is loyalty and like i'll i will do anything for you like i will do i seriously as a pastor i will do anything for you and it drives my wife crazy like you do all this stuff for other people and you know and you got to be home more and all this other stuff and that's a that's my marriage counseling anyway, but i <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but like <laughs> I will do anything for you and and then when but then people can just walk away and I just I go home and like I sit on the floor and I'm like almost crying. Like I think that's how God feels like he will do anything for you. He will even go to the cross for you. He will and and then people are like, "Oh, who cares?" And they just walk away. Yeah. I mean that is that is the most painful thing in a personal relationship. And I, I've, uh, I've told my church this, and I, when, I, when I preached on Philemon, I was almost in, I was in tears a little bit, just telling people, like my experience, uh, I can, God experiences this on, on a whole nother level. But my experience in the church is that uh, man, I've been hurt a lot you just pour yourself out and people just walk away and sometimes they don't even just walk away they punch you before they do (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's not funny i yeah but i uh, maybe i i think other people know exactly how that feels like you pour you pour you pour into this and then you you just people just spit on it and so god he's like getting super super personal here and I think one of the ways he does that is actually when he when he names the punishment for Israel in verse 13 there when he says now then I will crush you as a cart crushes when loaded with grain. So this is a yeah. this is a different punishment altogether. Like before with all the other nations God just says I'm burning you up. I'm sending fire. I'm sending fire. I'm sending fire. I'm sending fire. And he does that 7 times. But then here, when he's talking with Israel, he's getting super personal. He actually changes the punishment, and he says, "Now then, I will crush you as a cart crushes with loaded with grain." Does that strike you as like, what do we take away from that? It's such an interesting uh, metaphor there. Yeah, Yeah, and I like. So what we're supposed to picture is that there's, God is this, um, cart that's loaded down. Like it's heavy, it's heavy. And it's so, going to be bad for the people underneath the wheels. Like, so he's been hurt. Like his heart is yeah, heavy. So like it, this cart that's loaded down, it's creaking and it's wailing and, and it's, it's like, Splintering, and it's like, whoa, this is really a heavy thing for me. And look, I don't want to crush you, um, but it just comes it comes out from him. Yeah, like I, but I have to. I can't let you treat people like this. And um, so, like God it's, is the crushing cart. Like that's God is the crushing cart. It's there's so much. Law and gospel and that whole thing. I think, like the bearer the of break, the sins. breaking of God's heart. Yeah, like I can't when I hear that the crushing card. I it makes me think about right or wrong. I think like who he's bearing the sins, you know, and he's he's crushed by them. And I just and have even, to think about his cross, and ultimately, yeah. he just gets crushed. Um, by all the sins of everybody. And what it, what, when you hear about this crushing cart, what, do you, what, what does that make you think? <laughs> you know, two things. One, uh, you have, first of all, God talks about this crushing cart right after he says, you guys told me to be quiet. You know, you told my prophets not to talk about this stuff anymore. You don't want to hear about law. You don't want to hear. You just, you, sh- you shut them up. And now I have no, I, I can't leak this out anywhere except through this crushing cart. And what what it makes me think about right away, I, I mean, I I go to Jesus and I think about him too and where God finally, he wraps up all this judgment that and i'm in this i mean i'm in this we all are yeah like i'm i'm actually crushed right now like oh i'm sad about it (laughs) i'm really sad about it because i can see my sin here and how i've hurt people uh but i think about jesus and one of the things that the gospel writers tell us is that he was silent i mean isaiah talks about that too he's just silent he gets sheared and he's silent and he receives in his body the crushing blow of god mm-hmm. uh and he receives it all for us um no as we, a as a cart crush crushes with loaded grain you know yeah and we you know i uh, i remember back to one of the, one of the clearest i love this sunday for preaching law and gospel but at at uh last judgment sunday where you, uh, and we, uh, every last Judgment Sunday, I, I just come out and say, in the clearest possible way, this is the end of the line, people. And we're all in this together. And there is no escape. And that's exactly what Amos says. There's no escape. Mm-hmm. It's, it's spiraling except, geographically, except, ethnically, and on us. It, it's, we, there's a worldwide cosmic God here. Uh, who is coming to uh, for us for what we deserve and there's only one place on the entire earth where it's going to be safe yeah (laughs) and that's and that's hiding underneath the cross of jesus christ yeah so like in a related issue to this is like people might read this section be like saying whoa um God's a pretty nasty. God, he's he's sending fire, and it's going to be this cosmic fire that's gobbling up fortresses and of all these nations, and even Jerusalem. It says Jerusalem's going down. Um, that's what it says in the in the last you know uh, chapter. And then all of a sudden, we've got this crushing cart. God, how do we defend God's justice? Like He's coming. <laughs> You want my snappy? You want my snappy? Yeah, like what's your snappy one? Then what's your unsnappy one? We don't have to. Why do we have to? Yeah, God is God, right? It's it's coming, and uh, you know everybody, everybody. This is what people love to do. They sit in their theological comfort, and I've said this said this before, but people sit in their comfortable ivory tower and they say, "Oh, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve that." And okay, you can say that as much as you want to go ahead uh go on and on about it but at the end of the day you're not god <laughs> you know? you, yeah. you don't get to make those kind of choices i like i th- th- this sounds bad but i don't feel like i have to defend god he's god he's the lie yeah like <laughs> i think i think spurgeon's he was the one that says we don't try to defend the lie and we just let the line out <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say like people people say oh god is so not fair for for being angry. And I I'm like what do you what do you mean god's not fair? What do you mean he's not fair? You you think he shouldn't be angry for the for the rape and the pillaging and and if you sit there and you say I'm a good person like really like yeah, what
1: do you yeah. see
0: yourself?
1: Okay, but well, what's <laughs> the
0: unsnappy answer because there might be somebody listening like okay, I get that. I get that. God is going to be God. But like, what if you were going to say something unsnappy about it? Because like, here's what I would say. React to this. Um, One commentator said this. Being opposed to God's judgment is also being opposed to God's compassion for the downtrodden and the the abused. So like, if you're going to say, God, you shouldn't send down fire. God, you shouldn't come with as a crushing cart then you're also saying, it's okay that pregnant women are being ripped open. It, it's it's fine with me. God shouldn't get involved. And uh, it's fine that people get sold into sexual slavery. You know? He shouldn't be upset. He shouldn't be upset about it. He should just, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and so like being opposed to God's justice, you have to actually also um, be in favor of... W- any kind of injustice happening in this world currently yeah that's right that's right if you say well God shouldn't deal with me in this way or that person over there um, then he shouldn't deal with any of it he should just be hands-off and yeah, you know and be like you, okay, you, you guys do whatever you want to each other <laughs> but what God has done in Christ is he's taken care of both he has given us divine cosmic justice for for everything uh but also mercy 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 so God is able to be both the one who justifies um, and you know to quote Paul a little bit yeah um, I was just gonna say you're ch- you're you're channeling Rome I'm out. channeling Paul here now <laughs> yeah yeah that's right so I think we, we should leave it there. There's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so much more I think that we can share on this book of Amos. We're just getting started, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're just so, getting rolling. We're just getting so rolling. <laughs> we'll get into chapter three next time. And, oh, man, we got some powerful um, questions coming up here. And one in particular, just to kind of whet people's appetite, is does God cause disaster? Does God Is God the one that causes um suffering in the world and i think we're gonna have a lot to say um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. so thanks for joining us please join us here next time